0: Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. And welcome back to the Cover 3 podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Tom Fernelli, That's Bud Elliott. That's Danny Cannell. I'm Chip Patterson coming to you live at YouTube.com slash Cover 3 and all across the 24-7 Sports Facebook network. Thanks for hanging out. Smash that subscribe. Smash that like. Come and join us in the chat. It is the best time of the week, Thursday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, where we are unveil our locks for the weekend and for those of you that are watching live as we have been doing with our live shows and will continue to do until the bosses strip away our power to do so we're going to be giving out some paramount plus free trial codes so do smash that like when we get to 150 we will announce it we will let you know Drop and we will get uh, live viewers the opportunity to win a 30-day Paramount trial premium. Paramount plus premium subscription free trial. There we go. Stuck the landing and everything. Okay, as we always do before we look forward, we take a quick look back at the week that was. Tom for Nelly. Woo, boy, starting to get his swagger back. Over 500 for the season, thanks to an 8-3 and three weekend. The winners were LSU-Arkansas under 63, never a doubt, Alabama-Ole Miss under 65, winning that TCU plus 7.5 as part of that bar fight with Bud against Danny, also won the Kansas State plus 2.5, again, ne- never a doubt, Florida State minus 7, the liberty Yukon over 45, the App State-Marshall over 47, Western Kentucky minus 13. The few losses were... On Nebraska, Michigan over 48 and a half. Wisconsin, Iowa over 35. And then a lock fight lost to Danny on Oregon. The Ducks lost outright as 13 and a half point favorites. Eight and three for the weekend. 56 and 55 for the season. Tom, takeaways from week 11.
1: Uh, nothing outstanding. Good week. Happy to see it. Things went as I expected. I'm The only annoying loss was Wisconsin, Iowa coming up a point short. Felt like that one should have hit. It didn't. Oh, well, we move on. The one, the only one I felt clearly I was 100% wrong on was Oregon. Yep,
0: I, I hear you there. Ah, Chip, moving money around on the table. Four and four for the week. The wins were Georgia minus 16 at Mississippi State. The TCU second half plus three and a half. Not the game script that we thought, but the second half still cashes for me wazoo minus seven and a half and then iowa state oklahoma state under 48 and a half took a loss on the michigan team total took a loss on the oregon washington over 72 and a half took a loss on the unc team total by a half a on point but the most repulsive and deserving defeat that i took in all of week 11 was the kentucky team total over 33 i was not explicitly picking against vanderbilt in that team total selection however I eat it gladly just like your vegetables because it came with a Vanderbilt victory, the first SEC win since 2019, and an appearance from Barton Simmons on the Instant Reaction Show. Four and four for the week has me at 49-39 and 39 for the season. Danny. <laughs> you got a lock fight win <laughs> against Tom. We can so, <laughs> right, This you, used buddy. to
2: be... This used to be my favorite time of the week. (laughs) Like I used to love coming in here, talking a little smack. This is quickly becoming like the low light. Like this is getting so bad. It is just fade these picks territory. Like I'll hand them out to you, take them the other way, and you can retire in a few weeks. Like just, just do the opposite. I used to play in some celebrity golf tournaments, and you know they have the standard bears that walk around with your scores up there. Yeah. If it was going bad, it was like some like 15 year old kid, high school kid, I'd go over to the kid and I'd give him 20 bucks. and say, Hey, just just take those numbers off mine. You know, you can just take that down. So it just says Canal, not plus 50 or whatever the number was. I feel like that's where I'm at now. Like, can we just take my picks off the board? <laughs> can we just, hey, I don't even I don't want them like, to be calculated. I don't like that attitude. You are a
1: 25 straight win run away from being in the in the black. So come on now.
0: <laughs> Starts you. today for Danny Canell i'm the um, scott
2: frost of
0: <laughs> uh so like i said you got the lock fight win against tom you also cashed on the under in alabama ole miss that was a lock agreement with tom and you also won on unc plus four because danny cannell drives the drake may hype train all the way to the pay window the losses Alabama minus 11 and a half uh, Texas minus seven in the bar fight against Tom and Bud Mizzou plus 21, the UCF two lane under 54 and a half, the Wisconsin, Iowa over 35, the Colorado USC under 66 and a half. You pushed on Nebraska plus 31 and you took an L on Illinois minus six and a half, three and seven for the week brings you to 42 and 61 for the season. Bud, A three and three week. The wins were Memphis minus six and a half, uh, getting in on the TCU plus seven and a half. Also, you got uh, Kansas State Baylor under 53 and a half, took a loss on Michigan State minus nine. The over 77 in North Carolina Wake came up a little bit short. Uh, You were also on the Michigan team total over, and then you got a push on LSU. Minus three against Arkansas. Three and three for the week has you at 69 and 52 for the season. What were the big notes? What were the big takeaways?
3: Uh, Got backdoored pretty bad on Michigan State with uh, fourth and 30 uh, touchdown to in the game. Uh, So that was disappointing. The only pick I might want back, honestly, is Michigan team total over, which like they just didn't look very good on offense. I think every single one of those picks had significant closing line value in my favor which is kind of what i'm looking for each week i mean you're going to have you're going to have variance but like you want to make sure that you are not going the wrong way against the the betting market as the bigger bets come in you want to be ahead of those and be on the same side as as those big old bets that come in on friday and saturday so uh, i felt like i was extremely dialed in last week and went three three and one this week i feel less dialed in so maybe let's just flip some coins and, and get some uh get some winners
0: confidence steaming off of our leader bud elliott let's go gentlemen we got week 11 behind us week 12 on deck Are y'all ready to lock it up
1: let's do it since 2005 the under the games between
2: service companies is 40 and one you get over in this one as well, a little well, two-for-one special. Get
4: these
2: I was sick of last week y'all watching videos. I was live betting the hell out
3: of
4: ULN. Kentucky. My blue plate special five-star locks are coming.
0: Five-star master lock, lock it
4: up. I'm, I'm, I'm living and dying every, every point, every covenant.
0: As we count down to the opening tip-off of the Myrtle Beach Classic here on the Cover 3 podcast with uh, Furman and – no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, we got Thursday night action uh, as we have SMU on the road against Tulane. The Green Wave tried to get up off the mat after taking the defeat to UCF in the much-anticipated game uh, against, for, for the American Athletic Conference. At 5-1, and one, you know, you're still right there in the mix. You want to be able to get a rematch against Gus Malzahn's Knights – Tulane three and a half point favorites over under of 65. Anybody got a lock for Thursday night?
3: I do. All right, let's go. Uh, I'm going to lay the, there's a couple threes out there, right? Circus got three. Who else has three? Uh,
1: uh, I only see circus has three, but it's the only one I could see.
3: Well, I mean, circuit takes 25 K per bet. So I feel like that's a pretty legit book. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna lay the three with, with, with Tulane here. Uh, I feel like SMU, their offense is a little bit inflated to me uh, based on what has happened over the past few weeks. And what has happened over the past few weeks is they played a Houston team that was already down three starters and then proceeded to lose four other defensive starters in the game, and they scored 77. And then they played a USF team, which fired its head coach and its defensive coordinator last week, and they moved it on them. Pretty easily, but I do think that Tulane's passing defense is, is pretty good. They frustrated the good Houston offense earlier this year, and I like Tajay Spears a lot. The running back for Tulane, I feel like they'll have success rushing the football on this SMU defense, which has not been very good against the run. So
1: I like them in a bounce back spot here, uh, and I'll, I'll I'll lay the three. Yeah, I, I'm not locking it up, but my Twitter tip of the day kind of goes along with what. Your thought process is I'm on the under 65 just because I do think that SMU's offense has been a little inflated and they're facing a much better defense tonight than they have the last couple weeks.
3: If Tulane's defense is suddenly down seven starters, then I do not like this bet just for the record.
0: <laughs> um, Friday action has USF at Tulsa. Tulsa favored by 13 over under of 58. And San Diego State at New Mexico. Anybody got a pick with uh, the action or, uh, or in the Mountain West? Nothing. We keep it moving. On Definitely. to uh, one of the biggest games of the entire... Oh, wait. Yeah. The,
3: the, uh, the Friday Night game? Yeah. 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 I, I'm, I'm going to take under 23 points for USF.
2: Okay.
3: Uh, I, I think Tulsa's defense is fairly salty. I don't love USF having to go to like their fourth quarterback now, because remember McLean, who was the backup transferred out preseason, and then Katravis Marsh, they said on Tuesday, had neck surgery. So you got a true freshman going on a short week. There's some chance Tulsa's just going to quit on the year, right? I mean, like they're not going to make a bowl now. You know, rampant speculation that they might fire uh, Phil Montgomery, They had coach there, Tulsa. But if Tulsa shows up, I, I feel like that defense has been pretty good most of the year. And uh, and should be able to do fairly well against a fourth string true freshman quarterback on the road in a short week.
0: Friday night, not. I mean, we're not even throwing a game on the mother. Does mothership have basketball? Probably. Yeah. Yeah, Mothership's got basketball. So, it look, if, if the college football junkie on Friday night will be watching Tulsa play at home, and if Tulsa lays an egg, I think that that is going to be a very, very bad look for a coach that, as Bud mentioned, is on the hot seat. All right, turning our attention to Saturday's action, some of the biggest games of Week 12. We start with the undefeated TCU Horn Frogs on the road at Baylor. TCU favored by 2.5 over under of 58 who's got a lock for this one? No one? All right, let's go, Danny. Uh,
2: I'll take Baylor and the under. Two for one special. Let's go. 25-0 and 0 starts right now. Exactly. Let the streak start. Um, there's got to be something when you see this line and you see Baylor coming off their worst performance of the year, getting absolutely worked over by Kansas State and yet the number is only two and a half versus a team that's ranked fourth in the country. I think Kendra Miller's going to have a tough time running the ball. He's been carrying this TCU offense the last couple games as Max Duggan's play has dropped a little bit. Max Duggan's still been pretty strong on the year. I'm going to jump in the deep end. I'm going to take Baylor. Home dog, still something to play for. I just feel like TCU, the run's going to come to an end, and I think if it does... They'll be able to hold that TCU offense in check, and I don't really trust Baylor's offense to put up a ton of points against TCU's defense, who had their best performance last week. So I think it'll be a lower scoring affair.
0: Let's go two for one lock fight. Fight! fight. Oh. fight. Now I see what you're doing. Fight. It's not cool. You're just fading all of
2: them, aren't you? <laughs> you're
0: just gonna go <laughs> ahead and fade them all. I, I, I've, I'm the TCU is more emotional. Like I just, I'm. I think I that this ride is is something special. I was, I'm caught up in the moment of listening to a lot of Sonny Dykes interviews this week as he's been going on the campaign trail. And I don't think that he's just blowing smoke when he's talking about this group, just sort of just being something special, just having like a, a great energy about them. I mean, I'm not only brainwashed by an incredible social media presence and the videos that they put out after all these wins. I I just think that Max Duggan, you know, finds ways to keep drives alive. I I think that they are finding different ways to win. I'm encouraged by the way that they won differently at Texas. And then my, my lock that I was going to have on this game was going to be for the over. Uh, I think that Baylor is susceptible, uh, to being able to, to run against this team. So, uh, yeah, give me TCU and the over.
2: By the way, I talked to Max Duggan on the radio show uh, yesterday, had him on, and uh, I was like, hey, do you watch the ranking selection show? You know, you guys pay attention. And he was like, no. He's like, I had a couple tests I had to study for. I was doing homework. I think we sometimes forget like these kids are in class and still students, but I believe him when he says they aren't paying attention. He's like, we're not worried about it. So
0: that's what Dykes was saying this morning. He was like, yeah. they love to come to practice. Like they always, they just enjoy being around each other. Um, I don't know. It's uh, it's seem, seems like good vibes. So and enjoy us having all these different angles on the line to get our Saturday started. Anybody else getting in on TCU and Baylor?
1: No, I'm just trying to take in the moment. I think this has got to be the first ever
3: two, two, for, uh, two for one two for lock, one right? Fight. Yeah,
0: <laughs> so many different ways that this Bullies. could go. Uh, also, in the noon slate, figured I'd go ahead and highlight this one. We've got number undefeated, number three Michigan at home with Illinois in town. The Fighting Illini taking a couple losses recently, but still right in the thick of that Big Ten West race. At seven and three, four and three in conference play, Wolverines favored by eighteen. Over under a forty-one. Anybody got a lock?
3: I'm going to go ahead and lay it here with Michigan. Um, Hater. Yeah i I feel like there is some chance that Illinois gets down and has to throw the ball a lot here. Uh, I don't know what Chase Brown's status is. Brett Bielema, you know, he got hurt at the end of that game. Bielema tends to be pretty coy about running back injuries, uh, but I think Harbaugh knows he needs style points, right? They, they kick a field goal late last game to make sure they, they beat Nebraska by 30 plus. If they go into Columbus and lose close, Michigan's non-conference schedule is pure garbage. They are going to need impressive wins. This is their last chance for an impressive win, other than next week in Columbus, which you can say this is a look-ahead spot, but I think Illinois is good enough to where you can't just look ahead to Columbus. And I, I feel like Michigan can roll here. So I'm going to go ahead and take it and lay it with Michigan. Are what, the, there any 17s or are they, they all There's gone? It's
2: 17 and a half. That's fine. I'll go ahead. I want to action in this game too. For similar line, it's a big number. I'm going to go over 40 and a half. I think if they do need those style points, I'm a little bit worried you could see You know Illinois have some success early, like a game that's 10-10 at half, kind of like we've seen Michigan, and then they just pull away late. I don't know if they get the cover, but I think you could get this thing easily go over the 40-and-a-half. So I'll take over.
0: All right, and we turn our attention to the 3.30 p.m. Eastern time slate with the Georgia Bulldogs on the road to play the Kentucky Wildcats. Georgia is currently laying. Are we still setting it 22? Yeah, 22 and a half. Over, under, right around the round number of 49. Anybody got a lock in the SEC on CBS Game of the Week? Lay them. Okay. <laughs> Just going to keep... I, I. Number one, the Bulldogs are not in a packet-in look-ahead spot. I mean, as much as good old-fashioned hate means... To Georgia, I kind of think that this is more of a spot where they are going to be trying to fine-tune this offense. I think that as that wide receiver room is still looking for, you know, trying to figure out who besides Ladd McConkey and who besides the tight ends are going to be the top options, Coach Monken's still doing maybe a little bit of tinkering. And the Georgia sort of style has been to be able to keep your foot on the gas I've I've seen that Georgia Unders train sort of slip away as they have been pouring it on in the second half, and I think that while Kentucky is going to try to play keep away as much as possible, try to shorten this game, play not to lose by a lot, I don't think that they're going to be able to hold up against this Georgia team over the course of four quarters. I see this one. uh, Georgia gets to 30 at least and uh, Kentucky might have a hard time scoring as well. So give me Georgia. I will lay anything under 24, but I will take the best number, which sounds like it's 22 and a half.
1: 22 and a half is the best I could do for you.
2: Who is in the lead of our is you and Bud, right? Are kind of up there. He buds, uh, like yeah, always. Yeah. Yeah. Not, but I well. need to catch chip. So I'll go ahead and fight you on this one. Let's go. Fight, 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 fight. I, th- Of any team that has zero incentive or zero need to run up the score, it's the Georgia Bulldogs. I think this game's a headache. I think it's one they kind of have to just show up, go through the motions, get out of dodge, start getting ready for the SEC championship. Kentucky has moved their offensive coordinator up to the booth. Those eyes are just going to see things as clear as day, and he's going to be able to start calling better play action pass. It's going to help the situation even more. By the way, since he proclaimed Will Levis was the number one pick in the draft, it has been nothing but downhill. Um, I think I think George wins by three touchdowns and not a point more.
1: What happens if Stetson outplays Levis in this game? Does Levis like? Oh, suddenly he's going fall to. to. Him? Yeah, what
2: do you mean? <laughs> what happens? <laughs> <Right. 'Cause, laughs> does he fall to like the seventh
1: pick in the draft instead he's of the still sixth, at number I mean?
2: three? I've still had him as they still had him as a top
0: five pick. I just uh, the uh, don't get me started. He's. You know what's going to happen is he's going to get up to the booth and then he's just going to go. Oh no, it's worse than I thought. (laughs) Right. We gotta. We've got to do nothing but quick game. We've got to get the ball out immediately. Maybe it helps. There you go. Right. (laughs) Um, All right. Anybody else getting anything in Georgia and Kentucky? We move on to the night slate four. The battle for the victory bell, the Crosstown Classic. I don't know. This rivalry has like 13 names. But it's the first time that USC and UCLA have played against each other while both being ranked since 2014. And while USC uh, has held the overall advantage, when they have both been ranked, it's totally even. They have split the series five to five when both teams have been ranked. Uh, UCLA UCLA is at home in the Rose Bowl. They will, but they will both be wearing their home uniforms. It's absolutely gorgeous as a viewing experience. Uh, USC favored by two and a half over under of seventy six. Who's got to play in USC UCLA?
1: I do. Let's go. Cool. The first rule of Bill Walton's Pac-12 laws of physics is that the Pac-12 must always do what is worst for the (laughs) Pac-12. We saw it last week when Oregon lost at home to Washington, and UCLA followed it up by losing at home to Arizona, leaving the conference with one actual college football playoff contender. It has to make sure it has none after this week. I'm going to take UCLA plus two and a half, I think there's a very real chance that the Bruins win this game outright. Obviously, looking at the spread, that suggests it's pretty likely. I think it happens, but I'm going to take the points to be safe. Give me the Bruins plus two and a half.
3: I like that a lot, Tom. You getting in? You know, I might be. There's a lot of things in this game that, that I do like. Um, wish there was more, well, 37. You know, I don't know if I trust UCLA's defense all that much, but I, I do think they'll they'll score here. Give me, uh, give me UCLA team total over 37. Ooh, I like that. I just th- This comes down to who plays for USC's defense, right? Is Gentry playing? A couple other guys that, that are ding for them. He's the one I really care about. He's the guy who matters for that defense. He's a difference maker, like an NFL guy. And when he's not in there, teams have moved it on him pretty well. So I, I think UCLA will be able to move it on them and, and score a good number of points.
2: Uh, I'm going to go ahead and fight Tom. I'm just going to fight him. I'm a little irritated. Fight. Fight. Your philosophy is very true. In a high-scoring game, you guys know I've pumped up Drake May a ton Mm -hmm. and said what a difference it would make if he wasn't at North Carolina. If Caleb Williams wasn't playing as good as he was or he is for USC – they might have two or three more losses on the slate as well. In a high possession game going back and forth where you have to trust your quarterback to make great decisions with the football. I trust Caleb Williams more than I trust DTR. I'm gonna say the Pac-12's playoffs hopes continue and USC wins. I'm lay the two.
1: Danny's entire spreadsheet's just gonna be red this week.
2: <laughs> exactly. I'm taking all you bastards down. <laughs> If I'm going down, I'm taking the whole like- with me. <laughs> and hey, at least this way it doesn't like totally bring down yeah, the, over- the team record. Yeah, right, right, right. Because right. Yeah, that's the thing that's killing me is I'm bringing down the whole show record.
0: <laughs> I I like it a lot. Um, when this thing was at 82 at open at circa, I was going to come principal on this under, but this this game could get squirrely, and trusting either one of these defenses is a fool's errand. So no. No play there, and uh, but if 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 this thing dances all the way up, like late right before kickoff, there might be some principles at play, but um, might have something on this game list. Lost
1: the totals dropped, dang near a touchdown.
0: I know. Come on. All right. Also in the Pac-12 on the big game front in the later slate, Pac-12 after dark hits Otzen, Utah. Was Utah favorite earlier?
1: Oh. No, Oregon's been favored, but there's uh,
0: there's,
1: there's so, a Bo so, Nix news.
0: Is it news news or with like
1: I, I can't remember who one of the players yesterday said Bo's not playing.
2: Oh man, that kid's gonna be in the doghouse
0: for a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: And, unless it's a deep fake. Unless it's a deep fake, exactly. Ooh. Exactly. There what's the,
0: um or, or a head fake, right? What's it what's in that in betting? Where you do the like, you send it one way. So then later, when the limits open up, you can come in and hammer it. So if you pay a player, to say that Bonex <laughs> isn't playing. The line dances out to Utah being favored. Then when the limits go up, you and all your syndicate can come in and smash it. And now all of a sudden you've got the Ducks catching points.
1: Please stop giving my strategy away for free on the show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Utah at Oregon and Utah is uh, favored on the road at Autzen Stadium over under of 62. Who's got a lock? I do.
1: Let's go. I- I don't want to bet the spread anymore because I don't know what Bo Nix's state. I mean, his position is maybe he's playing, maybe he's not. But either way, I think the total is a little too high. And if Bo Nix doesn't play, then I think that's going to impact how many points Oregon scores by a lot. So I just look at the total right now. I already like the under. Now that the Nix thing is in kind of flux, I'll take the under 62. I liked it better when it was at 63 yesterday, though.
3: It is weird how this number moved and the total didn't really move that much. hmm Like, shouldn't they both move?
1: I would think so.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, could still be moving, but you could also say that the weakness in Utah's defense is against the run, and while Bo Nix is a part of the run game, you still have a couple backs and an offense in general that still might be able to exploit that. It's true. Which is why... Fight! Fight! fight over come on <laughs> Oregon's pass defense cam rising Utah's run defense Oregon's running game I think we can get nine touchdowns in this game let's go over happen to the holiday
1: spirit like Thanksgiving is yeah. coming everybody's just like it's red there's blood everywhere on the dock
0: <laughs> movements will be made here on the Cover 3 podcast in the standings, in the rankings, uh, and and in our hearts. So, yeah, give me the over on uh, Utah and Oregon. And all right. Coming up on the other side, we open up the entire Week 12 board with the rest of
5: our locks. Next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. For those who are watching
0: live right now, we are getting closer and closer to being able to hand out three Paramount Plus premium plan 30-day trials. So if you haven't done it already, and according to the numbers that are watching and the numbers that have liked it, that's a lot of you, go ahead and smash that like so we can give away some free opportunities to check out the mountain of entertainment on Paramount Plus. All right, the entire board is there for the taking. Tom Fernelli. You have the honors on the t box after going eight and three last week. So where would you like to go?
1: Uh, so I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm looking at the doc and I'm so OCD that my biggest concern is the fact that it's hard for me to keep everything looking nice and neat with all these damn lock fights. But I think I'm going to go with a game that Danny will probably just fade on principle. Now, give me Oklahoma state plus seven and a half against Oklahoma, because why the hell is Oklahoma state? that big of an underdog against a five and five Oklahoma team. I know Spencer Sanders has been banged up. Spencer Sanders did not start last week's game. Is it not possible that Spencer Sanders didn't start simply because the game was meaningless for Oklahoma state in the big 12 title race because they really can't get there. And they were just trying to give him a week off before the game that actually does matter to them. Bedlam, one of the last Bedlams left. You don't think Mike Gundy wants to send a message to Oklahoma before it leaves for the SEC and then probably breaks off this series for good? Cowboys plus seven and a half. And I might have more for you on this one later in the show.
0: Don't give me seven and a hook when the coaching advantage is decidedly in Oklahoma State's favor. Mike Gundy against Brent Venables is a coaching advantage for the Cowboys. This game, historically, as we've you know discussed and joked, is like a lot of things can happen at Bedlam. Oklahoma can win by a little. Oklahoma can win by a lot. Sure, that is true. But a lot of the Oklahoma wins have also been by a little. So don't don't give me seven and a hook with Mike Gundy and the Cowboys. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm on Oklahoma State. Here is my favorite play in the Big 12 this week.
3: I'm actually going to take this a little bit different direction, and I'm going to play... The over 66 in this game. Uh, I Oklahoma State's defense has not been very good in recent weeks. I'm not swayed by them holding Iowa State, which is a pretty terrible offense, to a reasonable number. I do think Oklahoma will score here. And while Oklahoma does get some guys back, I think Key Lawrence and was it Jaden Davis, the, the two DBs who are supposed to be back this week. I, I got to think Mike Gundy will find a way to score some points in this one. And I, I think Oklahoma will score on a, a beat up. Oklahoma State defense. So go ahead and give me over 66.
2: I'm I'm down with that. This line stinks. Right? It just stinks. I think you guys are on the right side. I'm coming with you. Give me Latifa. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. We If you want me, you can deny it. No, I, would, always- I would allow it. If you guys wanted to reject it, to reject the jinx, I would be okay with that. But I do think for all the reasons you guys said, I also think Spencer Sanders is probably gonna play. Like what you were saying, Tom, I totally agree. I don't I don't I don't know if people know that. I don't know if it's been announced yet, but I think he's gonna play. And I think that makes a massive difference. And in this game, a rivalry game over a touchdown. I mean, I've had a principle almost across the big twelve in general. If there's a game that's over a touchdown spread to take <laughs> yes. the dog because there's yes. so much parity, and now we're gonna do it in a in a rivalry game like Bedlam, give me those points. <sighs> Absolutely.
3: We're better. Can't buzz lightyear.
0: We're better. You, you got you, you can't you can't fake the buzz light year. You gotta yeah, really that's true. You, you gotta go for it. Thank you, you for respecting uh the sanctity of the lock infinity. It's very, very important. Don't, don't be peer pressured into it. Gotta believe it with your heart. Um, all right. So, Tom, I know you want to fill out that top part of the, the doc. Let's see if you guys I see. know I got to five
1: games anything? on my card in which nobody's gonna have an agreement with me. Yeah, I got a couple here. Uh, I think that you know, if, if we look at the slate for this weekend, it's not exactly the uh, most robust scheduled slate of games. Because next week is rivalry week, but when next week is rivalry week, that could lead to some teams maybe getting caught looking ahead to games that matter, maybe taking their foot off in the second half of the game. So there's a couple spots I have in mind for that this week. The first, I'm going to take Ohio State minus 15 and a half in the first half, because obviously the Buckeyes have a much bigger game next week against Michigan. It's really it's a one-game season for them. They're not going to have any problems on Saturday in this one. They're going to win. We're going to see in the second half maybe against Maryland. But like, The Terps offense is explosive, but the problem that it has is if Talia gets under pressure, things go poorly. Ohio State's front can bring pressure against that Maryland offensive line, and I think that's going to be a problem. I think this one's over by halftime, and that's why I think that I'd rather just take the first half bet in case Ohio State shut things down in
0: the second half. Anybody else on Ohio State-Maryland?
3: I I thought about Maryland here for the full game. Um, it's just not enough for, for a lock. It's it's probably a, a live play. I do think that Ohio State had some intentionality in getting C.J. Stroud his Heisman numbers last week, which makes me wonder if they will try to do so again this week. I also think the drop-off between Ohio State's first and second team offensive line, if you look at some of their splits, is not particularly great. So, or excuse me, is particularly great, right? Like it's a big drop off. So when they pull the starters in this game could be the decisive factor in both the side and total. So I will probably just probably just play this one live.
0: I'll keep it in the Big Ten for uh, thematic purposes, because there are some spots where I I call them got to have it games. You know, you are trying to make sure that you reach bowl eligibility. And based on the opponent that you have and what you have coming up, this is kind of the, the got-to-have-it spot. So in the final home game of the season, Mel Tucker and all, all of his millions of dollars, got to have it. got to have it against Indiana. So the Hoosiers are coming to town. Michigan State's favored about 10, 10 and a half. And who's on deck? A road trip to play Penn State. Now, while there might be some wouldn't it be hilarious quality to a Penn State team that has done a great job of taking care of business against squads that it is better than, I kind of think Michigan State gets it done. I kind of think Michigan State gets it done emphatically. Bud has mentioned on the show that there could be some value in Michigan State in general i remember you said that last week when you were taking the Spartans just because some of the losses included a lot of injuries and so therefore uh, now that even after the you know suspensions and, and the issue the the fallout from the tunnel fight they do have key players that are back in the lineup that were not there for some of those losses i ten and a hook i know that's uh the, asking for a hook too is a lot if there's a 10 out there i'll take it but even at there 10 is. and a half there is a 10? Mm-hmm. All right, let's go. Michigan State minus 10. Uh,
1: I'm a to walk no chip here.
0: Oh, okay.
1: I, So I much just, agreement all of a sudden. I thought we hated <laughs>
2: each other on this show. You asked for it.
3: <laughs> I don't really see it with this Indiana team. Uh, I think they're kind of limping to the finish line. And uh, Michigan State, I think they've bottomed a couple weeks ago. And I had them last week. After watching that game, I, I would bet that game again, like we talked about in the recap. And so I'll go ahead and join Chip here in lock agreement. I, I mean, I know that money's come in on Indiana, but it came in on Indiana at, what, 13 and 14? Mm-hmm. Not at 10. I, I think 10's a good price.
1: I have a play on this game as well. It is not on the spread. Instead, it is on the over. I'm going to take the over 47 and a half because I do think that there are signs of improvement on this Michigan State offense that probably aren't really baked into the total. But I also think that defensively, this is still a team with plenty of flaws. Indiana's offense is terrible. I understand that. But I think they can get into the about 14 points here, and I think that might be really all they need in this one. I I just think the totals, if it's under 49, I like the over. So at 47.5, I'm taking it. Weather here, because I, I like
3: that too, Tom. Uh, not, like, not like lock-like, but I, I do like it. 16 mile an hour and 15% chance of rain, which by midwestern standards this time of year is not that bad yeah it's pretty <laughs> <fall>. <laughs> I mean, uh, that's that's walking the dog in t-shirt weather that's really nothing it was jacket weather down here this morning man we, we, we dipped yeah, in the freezing. low 60s i was yeah yeah 72 today
1: thoughts and Good prayers morning. thoughts and prayers <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh danny what else is on the card
2: all right i'm gonna go to fayetteville uh where the old miss rebels are taking their Uh, talents on the road there to play against Arkansas as a a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm accounting on K.J. Jefferson to play. Uh, Looks like that's what's going to take place, but if any of your sources say he's not, let me know ASAP. I will text them right now. (laughs) All right, because we've talked a lot about Ole Miss coming off a heartbreaking loss against Alabama, physical game, beat up. Now they got to go to Arkansas, who I thought, Maybe a little bit of a moral victory for them to play LSU as close as they did. I, I Fraudulent is a very strong word, but I'm not a believer in Ole Miss just going to walk on the road in the SEC West and walk out of there with a win. So if I can get Arkansas as a two-and-a-half-point home dog this point in the season, I'll go ahead and snatch those points up. Give me the Razorbacks. Chip, play the drill. <laughs> <laughs> All
3: right, we have a Dennis pick in this game, as of course we do. Uh, He's done fairly well this year, actually, so uh, congrats to the dentist. All right, Ole Miss, Arkansas, under 64 and a half. I've heard wind chill in this game will be around 11 degrees on Saturday night. Zach Evans is doubtful to play again, and Ole Miss just lost their season goal of SEC West this last season. I've not read this yet, by the way, so I hope there's no like hidden weird stuff that I'm just going to have a Ron Burgundy moment (laughs) as I read. Uh, Arkansas still fighting for bowl eligibility. This line may be elevated due to a shootout last year, but I do not see the same outcome this year. This game is always weird, so I expect it to be very close, but I think we will see a lot of run game, and I know Kiffin will want this game to go quickly because he hates cold weather. I see a game very similar to the Arkansas LSU game last week, so give me the under. You may want to sprinkle Arky. Ole Miss is better team. But motivation in Fayetteville at 11
2: degrees will be super iffy. You said that Dennis has been hot this year, right? He's done well. Uh, yeah. He come. started hot. Lock it up on the under. Let's go. Two for, one special. It, two two for one, one special. I need some good vibes anywhere I can get them. And after reading his synopsis, I couldn't agree more on all counts. And we're going to get the old Sun Bowl Lane Kiffen outfit out there. When he looks like, like he's all. That's my favorite analysis of the handbook? year. Lane Kiffen hates the cold, so he wants to go by fast. I love this. Maybe, maybe they'll give it to Judkins if they have a game winning drive, game winning series. Maybe hand it to him then, as opposed to Jackson Dark carrying it. The problem with the Dennis record here
3: is that I sometimes forget to read some of his picks that don't involve old miss of the scarf, Tom. And I think <laughs> he's like two or three and oh on stuff that I failed to read. So,
0: uh,
3: yeah, he's not quite as bad as he looks.
0: Um, all right, let's uh, let's do a quick recap of the what we've got so far. Tom is on the Ohio State first half minus fifteen and a half, the Indiana, Michigan State over 47 and a half, UCLA plus two and a half, the Utah, Oregon under 62, and Oklahoma State plus seven and a half. Chip is on TCU minus two and a half, the TCU Baylor over 58, Georgia, minus 22 and a half, Michigan State minus 10. Utah, Oregon over 62, and Oklahoma State plus seven and a half. Danny Scott, Baylor plus two and a half. TCU Baylor under 58. Kentucky plus 22 and a half. USC minus two. Illinois, Michigan over 40 and a half. Oklahoma State plus seven and a half. Arkansas plus two and a half. The Ole Miss, Arkansas under 64. Bud is on Tulane minus three. The USF team total under 23. Michigan minus 17 and a half. Michigan State minus 10. Bedlam over 66. And UCLA team total over 37. Our lock fights include... Chip and Danny on TCU and Baylor. Chip and Danny on the TCU total. Chip and Danny on Georgia, Kentucky. Danny and Tom on UCLA, USC. Uh, Chip and Tom on the Utah, Oregon total. And UNITY on the Pokes. Oklahoma State plus seven and a half. Tom. Yes. Where would you like to go? Oh. Uh,
1: hmm. Let's go with the under 54 and a half in Kansas State, West Virginia. I think Kansas State's offense is more balanced with Will Howard back there, but I still think that at their heart, they are a team that wants to run the ball. And I think this is a matchup in which they will be able to run the ball. And then for West Virginia, I, they got that big win over Oklahoma last week. Wasn't exactly a tremendous offensive performance from them. They did really well on fourth downs. I think they were four for five. Meanwhile, Oklahoma on third and fourth down combined was, I think, one for 11, one for 12. In other words, it wasn't really the kind of performance that was sustainable can't like the vibes in Morgantown at the moment, seeing as how the AD was just fired this week, and I'm pretty sure the only reason the AD was fired was because he refused to fire the coach of the football team. So now if you're Neil Brown and you realize, uh-oh, I'm probably going to be on the market here in a couple weeks. I don't know how you know focused we are getting prepped for this game. So I like the under 54 and a half. I like something in this game. I'm going to go ahead and take
3: – What's the best number? I see a 31 out there. Let me go ahead and take. Now, screw it. Let's just lay it with Kansas State. Kansas State minus seven and a half. Uh, They have been pretty damn good in every game since their bye week, in which they had at least one quarterback play a full game. Uh, So, not the TCU game when they had both their guys knocked out, right? They took it to Baylor last week, 31 to three. They do need this game, obviously to make the Big 12 title game. I don't think they can make it if they lose. I guess they could technically make it if they lose, but that's not a a possibility, I'm sure, that they want to entertain. Uh, I think that they can throw the ball a little bit better now with Will Howard. The winds should not be that bad, 11 miles an hour here in uh, Morgantown, so not one of the the wonder-type games potentially on the block this weekend. And I still think that West Virginia's pass defense is pretty poor, Uh, so... I think Kansas State can go in there, and importantly, I think that Kansas State's defensive line, which gave Baylor all sorts of trouble, can also give West Virginia some trouble, and I don't know who's going to play quarterback for the Mountaineers. Is it JT Daniels? Is it Garrett Green? Is it Nico Marchio? Because I watched his, his press conference this week, Brown, and he was talking about playing three kids. I
0: don't know. This not totally related to the lock, so I'll be brief, but Hedda, had a nice little birdie from inside the West Virginia family reach out. It wasn't, reportedly, it wasn't exclusively a Neil Brown issue here. And there might be some belief that Gordon Gee likes Neil Brown enough, but not enough if a new athletic director wants to put their stamp on the program and make a change. Basically, the move was like, yeah, Neil Brown might not be back for 2023, but Shane Lyons' ouster was not just about not firing Neil Brown there was sort of a bigger sort of athletic department angle to this. So again, Neil Brown could be back for 2023. He might not be back for 2023. A lot has to do with, as we mentioned on that coaching on the coaches on the move show on Wednesday, they have said they want to make an athletic director hire in the next couple of weeks. Who is that athletic director and what do they want to do with the football program? That probably determines Neil Brown's fate more. Why, or less. Why, are they,
1: why are they in such a hurry to get it done?
0: Um, just
1: Why? What's, we'll what's in a couple of weeks, by the way? Is there like a signing day kind of event in a few weeks that they kind of want to have somebody in charge for us? I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying. I'll trust still- your little birdie.
0: <laughs> it's okay. Um, speaking of a birdie. Cards. Are four still on the board? I believe so. Okay. This is senior day mm-hmm. for Malik Cunningham a red shirt senior who has accomplished a lot. And this is a, a Louisville football fan base that has very much supported and adored him. Uh, he has put together a very impressive career. So when he is listed as day to day with that hand injury, I have every belief that he is going to give every effort to get out there and be in the lineup. This is a Louisville defense that as we've talked about in the fallout from the Clemson game, does a good job of rushing the passer has improved throughout the season And this is an NC state offense that even when healthy struggles to put up points, struggles to get touchdowns in the red zone, struggles to be able to light up the scoreboard. If this is an NC state offense that is down, I don't know, multiple starters. Then I think that we start to take an even more of a downgrade of where this NC state uh, offense might be. Dave Doran did something that I honestly, I kind of respect because We used to have this thing where, you know, you would have to turn in a first draft and then you'd have to turn in a second draft and and then you'd have to turn in a final copy. And sometimes I would just reprint my first draft and turn it in as the second draft and just see if the teachers found out, you know, see if they could tell. I hadn't done any work on it. I was just trying to make it. I was like, whatever, I'll fix it before the final draft. And it kind of seems like they did that with the depth chart. They just printed out last week's depth chart and just turned it right back in. And you may remember that Devin Leary was still listed as the starting quarterback heading into the Syracuse game, before he was before it was announced either the day before or the day of the game that he was out for the rest of the year. So, yeah, give me the cards at the best number that I can get. I think Senior Day for Malik Cunningham goes well, and I think that NC State is um, is reeling a little bit in the wake of that Boston College game.
1: Yeah, there are fours out there, Chip. So there's there's a three and a half. Let's go. That's just a huge difference. I mean, you could get this 21-17 to 17 now, 17-13, 24-20. That's huge.
0: And it's going to be cold. It might be a little low scoring, but I'll tell you what. I, I like Cunningham's chances to be able to, uh, to lead his team to a victory.
1: I was with you. I mean, I, I like it. I'm not locking it up simply because I just have too many questions about the quarterback spots for both teams. So I don't want to put it as a lock, but I'm, I'm with you.
0: Um. All right. Let's see. Bud Island. What else you got cooking over there? I got, I got no fights this week, do I? No, you have you have no you have one agreement and no fights.
3: Man. All right. Uh. Well. You, Danny's music. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'll catch a fight here. Maybe I won't. Let's make sure the number is still good. Give me Clemson. I'm laying the 18. I bet him last week. I'll bet him again this week. Uh, I I don't think Miami's offense can move the ball on those guys. Uh, Clemson's a much better team than Georgia Tech was. Last week for Miami, second straight week on the road. Mario Cristobal is talking about uh, how parents, if you want to complain on Twitter, come pick your kids up, which is (laughs) hilarious. And I don't totally disagree with him there. Like It's his program. He can kind of run it how he sees fit. But I'll I'll go ahead and lay the 18 uh, with Clemson. I I think they're going to get a – a positive injury report. I'm only uh, seeing as, Oh, okay. Uh, I saw Chris is 18, but that's fine. 19 is... Uh, huh, i 19. 19?
1: Yeah, okay. Chris is 18. All right, well, let's go there then. It's a reputable book.
2: I'll go ahead um, and jump on that with you. Oh, <laughs> unless you don't it. Unless you don't, again, there should be a, just an unspoken rule. If you want to reject it, I don't have to hop on. We get I, veto power. No, <laughs> yeah, you guys can. <laughs> you guys can have it if you want it. I totally agree with you. I saw those comments out from Mario, and I think it's part of the process from Miami. I think it's very purposeful that he said that. I think there's players that he wants out of there. We've seen yeah. other. I mean, we saw it at Florida State. You want those scholarships opened up so you can, uh, you know, turn the page and start getting some of those nil money to work. I also think Clemson has a ton of incentive to try to get style points. They need to try to score. They need to try to win convincingly. It might not have been sexy, but they did win and cover last week against Louisville, and they're kind of getting it done. They have a lot to play for. Miami has nothing to play for, so I'll go ahead and lay those points too. I think it's a three-touchdown win or more for Clemson. I almost want to take the under, but the fact they do need style points Although Dabo doesn't seem like a style points guy. I don't think he would run it up, call timeout or something like that, but I think they will be good enough to impose their will against the hurricanes.
0: Miami could quit. Don't, don't take the under when right. Miami's defense could just be out there doing some late November tackling.
3: So mm-hmm. we saw that two, literally two weeks ago.
0: So I, I think that that's a smart decision uh, from both y'all uh, self-care Saturday. I, uh, this this game this game might be on a fourth or fifth screen. I don't, I don't want I don't want any part of this. The other
3: thing to think about when betting unders this weekend, and especially this late in the year, we're very close to that transfer portal window opening up. As, as Chip mentioned, Miami could quit again because they've shown the the willingness to quit on that coaching staff several times this year. How many quarterbacks Clemson have do they care about getting reps to? Right, if Kate Klubnik gets in there, good chance he's not just handing off
1: and. Mm. Then, like that, that could kill your under pretty easy. So, it's the first self care Saturday reference of the season, I think. <laughs> it
0: was well, it's because we've gotten sicker this year, right? <laughs> I mean, as as we've embraced deeper and deeper into the sicko world, you know, there, there's not as many like moments for self care. But you gotta you gotta take care of your mentals. I don't, I don't want this. Bud <laughs> just
2: asked me. I know people are worried about me. I did see some people reference it. This is water. This is not (laughs) Nick Ultra's, and it did look like I was like, Nick Ultra's basically
3: water anyway. Uh, (laughs) It's delicious water, but Um. yeah. Um. Um,
0: Thanks for
2: checking on me, though. I do
0: appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Danny, uh, how many do you have left?
2: Uh, I got two that I want to get in here. So I was very inspired last week. There was a gentleman who came on this show on Saturday night wearing a tuxedo and talking about what a much improved program they have there at Vanderbilt. The Commodores could not be happier for our guy, Barton Simmons. I also started to believe him as well. And I've taken the Commodores a lot this season. I'm pissed that I didn't take them last week because I tried to get that first SEC you know, money line sprinkle a couple of times and whiffed and I didn't do it last week. I don't know if I'm going to take the sprinkle this week, but the Gators, they're coming to town, and I get 14 and a half on the Commodores as a home underdog. I think there's a ton of fight. I think they're – I think yeah you, know, you ever heard Barton say it? Hey, these guys are coming to practice. They're enthused. They're feeling like, hey, we're accomplishing something special. The Gators have a short turnaround to play on Friday versus Florida State in a rivalry game. I – I think there's a potential look ahead here. I know for a fact Billy Napier is going to put on the tape and say, look, this team just beat Kentucky. Those Gator players will be like, ah, nah, we don't have to worry about this. I think they're going to have their hands full. Two touchdowns plus a hook. I'll go ahead and take Vanderbilt, 14 and a half.
0: You don't just stroll into First Bank Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> you left your ATM card in the car. <laughs> I got one more. All right. Another SEC
2: game. Anybody know who is leading the country in rushing currently? It would be Dwayne McBride Debo. of UAB. Who again talking about something to play for? Everyone's telling LSU, you guys, man, you got a chance to win the go to the playoffs. Can a two loss SEC champ get in? They we just saw them against Arkansas look not that great. We saw Arkansas play in their second and third quarterback. UAB's a pretty damn good football team. This is their Super Bowl. If it is cold, I hope it is because I think LSU's not going to want to be out there. They're just going to want to move on, just move on in advance, just win in advance. I think UAB keeps this one inside the number. So give me those 14 and a half for them as well.
0: Light that blue light. Let's go. <laughs> Dwayne Debo McBride is an absolute beast, and this is a got to have it spot. We already had Circle the Dragons Saturday last week with UAB being able to get up off the mat, handing North Texas a 20 point defeat. And now we've got UAB going into Tiger Stadium. They're still fighting for a lot. They're still fighting to try to get this group to the postseason. Bunch of close losses. Now they're starting to turn into good wins, but I'll just take the cover. 14 and a half is nice.
3: You know who else needs that? That's staff. Like they that that's an interim staff. They'd like to they'd like to get that job. I I don't think they're gonna get it, but some people do. If you if you win in Death Valley, it's pretty easy to turn around and tell your AD, hey man, we had we lost Dylan Hopkins for three games due to that bad concussion or or whatever it was, right? When he's back, look at us. We we put it to North Texas last week. We went into Death Valley, we beat LSU. We're a pretty good football team with when our quarterback's not out. Keep us around. But
0: I'm not locking it up. Yeah, well, and all we're at when It would be hilarious if UAB wins. Undoubtedly. Yeah, Almost as hilarious if UMass beats Texas A&M, but that's still very, very hilarious. And I'll just take the 14 and a half with Danny. I love where your head's at. Definitely on my card as well. Shout out to the Blazers. Um, Okay, let's go to... It's gonna be windy in Laramie. We need to tell our friend Sherry Burris to pack extra coats, to pack hand warmers, to pack a jacket that is wind resistant. Because at War Memorial Stadium in Laramie, Wyoming, when Boise State and Wyoming meet, at kickoff, be about 26 degrees. 14 to 15 mile an hour winds whipping through there. Now, the sun will set by the end of the game, and as the sun goes down, the wind does as well. But we still got 10-mile-an-hour winds. And that temp, when the sun drops, we're going to be talking like high teens. But you need football reasons as well, not just the weatherman. And Boise State and Wyoming in Mountain West play are the two best defenses in the league. They have settled into uh, a style That is going to lead to a grinder. The conditions contribute to this as well. 44.5 still on the board? Yes. Let's go. Boise, Wyoming, under 44.5. Hashtag stay warm, Sherry.
1: You you know I support it. I mean, (laughs) I'm not locking it up, but you know you have my support.
0: Um, See that? All right. Quarterback
1: out for Wyoming, right? Mm Mm-hmm.
0: All right, Tom. How I many you got left?
1: I have three left. Okay. I will go with another first-half play uh, involving a team that has bigger fish to fry next week. Give me Washington minus 18.5 in the first half against Colorado. Washington does not have a playoff berth, but it can still win the Pac-12. It could still get to the Pac-12 championship. It needs a lot of help, obviously, but the first thing it needs to do is win games. And even if it doesn't really have a realistic shot at that, it has its rivalry game, the Apple Cup against Wazoo next week. Colorado stinks. Colorado has been the doormat of the Pac-12 all season long. I think the Huskies. There's somewhat of a risk of a letdown coming off that win against Oregon, but I feel like you're kind of letdown-proof against Colorado. So, give me the Huskies minus 18 and a half in the first half.
3: I love that play, man. That that makes a lot of sense. Obviously, he's such a good game scriptor too, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like they 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 oftentimes come out hot because DeBoer really does a nice job on those opening drives. So that's that's I, I like that play.
0: Bud, how many do you have left?
3: I have one. And I'm going to need you to play some music for it.
0: But, oh, <laughs> I was like, what, did you send me a file? We've had the file. <laughs> it's time for sicko mode. Let's go. Let's go.
3: I'm a little bit lower on some of the teams in the bottom of the Sun Belt. If things go wrong, they could be like UMass UConn. That's kind of like sicko mode of a sicko mode. All right. So this is the team that I've been riding all year. Uh, but I do think this counts as sicko mode, even though they're probably the best team in the Sun Belt, right? Not Troy, JMU. They host Georgia State this weekend. It's not Senior Day because they do have Coastal on deck. But looking at this, I uh, I was sweating out uh, an over in the last half of that Louisiana Monroe Georgia State game last week, so I did watch that, and I saw a bunch of Georgia State guys limping at the end of that ball game on the offensive line. And they already had a couple dudes on an offensive line who are out. And JMU has a beastly defensive line, right? They're good. And importantly here, Totson Teo actually looked healthy last weekend. Whereas against Louisville, I thought he looked really pretty bad. I was surprised he played. And then he obviously missed the prior game. He's one of those quarterbacks to me in this sport that matters an awful lot. So really appreciate you guys watching Cover 3 Locks for us all, all year. I mean, you guys make sure. And if you're hearing this on, on the uh, on the podcast side, do us a favor and throw us a like on YouTube. Even if you're not somebody that watches YouTube, it may help our discoverability with folks who do watch YouTube. So just do us a favor. If you guys are one of our OG podcast listeners, we know our, our numbers are total monsters on the podcast side. We want to make sure we get there on the YouTube side as well. So do us a favor and do that. If you're hearing this, just pull up a YouTube app, you know, hit that like and subscribe button there. But I'm going to lay the, what do we got here? Eight and a half, nine? Eight and a half, I can get you. All right. Uh, wait, where's it got eight and a half now? It is at eight and a half at where did it go? FanDuel. I'll just I'll uh I'll take somewhere I can actually bet. I'll I'll I'll, I'll go ahead and lay the nine um, for JMU here. I just think that they are going to give Georgia State offensive line a lot of problems. Well, I'm giving you eight and a half whether you like Ooh, it. Ooh, I'll not. take the eight and a half. Let's do it.
0: Coming up on the other side, more of our week twelve locks plus
4: the underdogs to take straight up in money line sprinkles next.
5: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey,
0: so we absolutely blew through the goal. Y'all want to give away three codes two times? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's do it. So we'll do six winners of the 30-day Paramount Plus uh, free trial. Go ahead and drop your Twitter handle in the chat right now and make sure that you are following the Cover 3 podcast on Twitter so that we can get in touch with you. Again, drop your Twitter handle in the chat right now, and we will select six winners of a Paramount Plus premium plan 30-day free trial. Thank you so much. We asked for likes, and y'all came and brought it. Uh, Y'all are the best, and thank you, Ethan. You just dropped my Twitter handle, but guess what? Ben had Paramount Plus. Been had it since it was CBS All Access.
1: <laughs> By
3: the way, for our live viewers, we did ask earlier in the show, why is the Utah total not dropping? It's dropping now. Oh, As
1: we
0: chip line value. I believe in my grind so much.
1: Yeah, I got it at 63 yesterday, and it's now down to 61 and a half.
0: So. Yeah. Let's go. I love being on the other side of the sharps. Because sharps are wrong 40% of the time. And if you feel comfortable with Steph Curry shooting a three-pointer, that is the percentage that a, that a sharp is going to be wrong.
1: We Wait. live for it. So Steph makes 60% of his threes? Or? No, 40%. His career Oh, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Okay. If you were kidding.
0: comfortable with Steph Curry attempting a three-pointer, then you're like, go. yeah, I'll take, I'll take those odds, then, yeah, stand, you know, stand on the tracks with the syndicate coming through.
1: What if he's be being ready. guarded by Alex Caruso, though? I mean, it's probably 20% at best at that point. So
0: Jeez. okay. <laughs> um, okay. So Tom, are you I think I'm tired.
1: I've got two left. Okay. I can be I could be quick with them too. Um, there are two unders. First, I'll start with some conference USA action. Give me the under 58 and a half in UTSA Rice. Just It's a math play. These are both math plays. I won't go too deep in depth here. And then I'm also taking the under 46 and a half in Akron, Buffalo. This isn't just math because there's been a lot of attention paid to like for the NFL game for the Buffalo Bills, about three to six feet of snow falling this weekend in Buffalo ahead of that game and the really high winds. Well, Buffalo Akron's also being played in Buffalo in the very same storm that will be bringing three to six feet of snow. So give me the under 46 and a half.
3: Also, uh, I'm not locking this up, but I have not seen any update on DJ Irons, the quarterback for Akron, and he damn sure matters for them. Like, mm-hmm. if he's out, I, I, yeah, I think that's absolutely the right. side. I just haven't seen what they're going to be. Although, you may not be able to throw the ball at all. I, uh, this lake effects snow stuff, Tom. That is, that, that is no joke. It's good times.
0: I mean, it was a fantastic time for, uh, viewers at home in our, cozy flannel shirts and you know uh not not being there at the game it's fantastic how much, how much free advertising
3: did uh did Coors Light get last night during the NIU game like every single person that they showed in the game was like miserable clutching <laughs> clutching two silver bullets like totally bundled up it, it, and there's only like seven people in the stand so like the CBS Sports Network great preview show by the way like that was uh that was a really good show to watch they're like zooming in on the solo fans and they're just like shivering with with the beer and it was it was cool. Mount mountains were blue as
1: were the lips. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is the uh the the upside to you know any kind of activities when you're out there in the snow is those like you almost want to go buy I mean this is not a free plug for it but like you almost want to go buy a core a like a 12 pack of coors light for a snow day because then you just get to like stick it in the ground. It's yeah. perfect. You can drive not – don't drink and drive. You can, whoa, walk whoa, around whoa, your, whoa. you can walk around your neighborhood. You can sled around your neighborhood uh, all day long, and you don't even need a cooler. The cooler is the air. Incredible stuff.
3: Trent McGee calling me the cover three Darren de- Revelle. I, I take that back, <laughs> trainer. I'm, I'm going to go on strike. Like that's, <laughs> I, I, I refuse.
0: <laughs> Before we get to Moneyline Sprinkles, a quick review of what we've got so far to review. Tom has Ohio State first half minus 15 and a half, Indiana, Michigan State over 47 and a half, Kansas State, West Virginia under 54 and a half, UCLA plus two and a half, the Utah, Oregon under 62, Oklahoma State plus seven and a half, the Washington first half minus 18 and a half, UTSA Rice under 58 and a half, and the Akron Buffalo under 46 and a half, I've got. TCU minus two and a half, the TCU Baylor over 58, Georgia minus 22 and a half, Michigan State minus 10, the Utah Oregon over 62, Oklahoma State plus seven and a half, Louisville minus three and a half, UAB plus 14 and a half, and the Boise Wyoming under 44 and a half, Danny's got Baylor plus two and a half, TCU Baylor under 58, Kentucky plus 22 and a half, USC minus two, Illinois, Michigan over 40 and a half, Oklahoma State plus seven and a half, Clemson minus 18, UAB plus 14 and a half, Arkansas plus two and a half, the Ole Miss, Arkansas under 64, Fandy plus 14 and a half, and Bud Island looks like this Tulane minus three, the USF team total under 23, Michigan minus 17 and a half, Michigan State minus 10. Bedlam over 66 UCLA team total over 37 Clemson minus 18 Kansas state minus seven and a half and James Madison minus eight and a half the lock fights chip V Danny on TCU Baylor spread TCU Baylor total Georgia Kentucky spread we've got a lock fight on Danny and Tom for the UCLA USC spread We've got a lock fight Tom Chip on the Utah Oregon total. We've got lock agreements for Michigan State minus 10 with Chip and Bud. We've got a Danny Bud agreement on Clemson minus 18 and a Chip and Danny agreement on UAB plus 14 and a half. And as we mentioned, this week being the 29th anniversary of the Queen Latifah album that netted her uh, a Grammy, I believe yes. a Grammy award yes. Yeah. Yes. for, uh, for uh, UNITY. Uh, we do have Latifa lock unity on Oklahoma State plus seven and a half. With that, we go to the big old cash register with our money line sprinkles. Tom, what's sprinkling?
3: Oh, uh, I've thing. got. Oh, uh, we don't have time to read the whole explanation. We're running long. Dennis also has UMass plus 33 and a half. He thinks it would be hilarious. And yeah. uh, AM has not scored 34 points in a single game all year, so they should not be laying 33 and a half.
1: That's his, his take. Sorry. I just don't want to forget another Dennis Peck here. Dennis was sharp. You would have gotten it at 34 earlier this week like I did. Um, my sprinkles for this week. You guys are both on UAB. I don't want the points. I want the hilarity. Give me UAB plus 480. I mentioned earlier in the show that I would bring up the the Bedlam game again, and here I am doing so. Give me Oklahoma State plus 245. Give me Iowa plus 120 at Minnesota because the wrong team is favored in that matchup, just to be perfectly clear. And finally, I'm taking Texas Tech plus 145 against Iowa State. I think that this is a game the Red Raiders are capable of pulling off an upset more often than that number suggests. So I only have one. I really thought hard about
3: Kansas, right? but I'm not going to pull the trigger on that. I just don't, I don't see enough value yet. But the one I do see value in is Western Kentucky. This is an absolute look-ahead spot here. So you have an interim coach in Cadillac Williams. They had a super emotional win last week over Texas a and Like, that place was rocking like it was the damn Iron Bowl. You had all those alumni come back. I mean, they, they, they were swag surfing. It was just amazing. Now you got guys, I'm sure, that are thinking about their future in the transfer portal. You got dudes that are looking ahead potentially to Alabama and in comes little old Western Kentucky and you think they're an air raid team because they were last year and they still kind of run air raid, but they run the football well this year as well. And, uh, and Auburn's run defense is piss poor and Auburn keeps losing important offensive linemen. I think I saw Troxell went down, uh, as well. So, I mean, some of these guys are just never dudes that Auburn thought they'd be playing. That's been a drama I've been beating all year as far as they couldn't afford to lose offensive linemen. They continue to do so. And I, I think uh I think Western Kentucky could go in there and score score 30 points and win the ballgame.
0: Um, all right. Uh, Danny's line uh, Moneyline Sprinkles, he is also on Iowa. Plus 120. He is also on the UAB money line and he is also on Western Kentucky. I have um, added one. I'm sorry, Jordan, right now. I am adding, let's see, I got plus 150 for Arizona. Is that the best I can get?
1: For Arizona. <sighs> Ooh, sorry. I was not expecting this or I would have had it ready. Arizona. I, I what just time got is one- that game? There we go. What time is that game at?
0: It's at 2 p.m. That's that's uh, one of the theories here. We're in, best, we're
1: in, best I see is 160, Chip. Okay. Yeah.
0: So I'll do um, Arizona plus 160. Uh, this is a, a got to have it game. They are still alive for the postseason. Washington State punched its ticket just last week. So, you know, they, they could lose and, and still be able to find themselves in the postseason. Arizona coming off that big win against UCLA. And on that note, uh, I'll just take UCLA uh, plus the, I guess, 110 that we get right there. I think that, as Tom mentioned at the beginning of the show, uh, the Bill Walton rules, laws of physics in the Conference of Champions is that the Pac-12 always does what is not in the best interest of the Pac-12, as evidenced by the Pac-12's current record against the SWAC in college basketball. They are 0-3 against... Yeah?
1: I was going to say, which is also why Oregon will beat Washington. Because... Mm -hmm. Oh, wait. Mm, I'm sorry. We'll beat Utah because the best thing that could happen to the Pac 12 would be USC getting to the Pac 12 championship
0: and avenging the Utah.
1: Utah and avenging the loss. So, see.
0: So, Bo Bo Nix is actually trying to do it for the conference. Mm -hmm. You know, he's trying to put on for the squad, but the Pac 12 won't be able to help itself.
1: Correct. The laws of physics will heal Bo Nix enough to let him play and beat Utah. It's all in the stars. Just got to look up at the sky. Maybe Uh, drop some LSD. That's what Bill Walton told
0: me anyway. (laughs) Or at least I thought it was Bill Walton.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I was on LSD. It might have just been a tree. Who knows?
0: Uh, Shout out to Ryan Wilson. He's watching the show right now. Hey, Ryan. All right. You can follow him on Twitter at Tom Fernelli. You can follow him at BloodElliott3. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much.
1: Ryan, take Levis out of your first round mock.